You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Uh, uh, my name is Jack Canelli, and with me is, as a, a co-host is my wife, Doreen. Good morning. And Welcome we're, back. We're starting our second half hour, and... Uh, we're happy to have with us Father Robert Keller from uh, the Diocese of Fargo, specifically Holy Spirit Parish. But, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Well, we're going to be talking about Lent. And I think, well, actually, Dreen has a joke for us before I even get into that. So, Dreen, come on. Okay. okay. Let's go. Lent is a funny time, so <laughs> let's kick it a, off it's here. It's not a Lenten joke, but it does have to do with what I heard this morning about our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and his Wednesday audiences. The um, next several um, Wednesday audience, the catechesis, is going to be on the elderly and our relationship with the elderly and the wisdom that they can bring. So my joke is about the elderly. We qualify. Well, I do. you do. (laughs) We do. (laughs) All right, so two elderly ladies have been friends since their 30s. Now in their 80s, they still got together a couple times a week to play cards. One day they were playing gin rummy, and one of them said, You know, we've been friends for many years, and please don't get mad, but for the life of me, I can't remember your name. Please tell me what it is. Her friend glared at her. She continued to glare and stare at her for at least three minutes. Finally, she said, How soon do you need to know? (laughs) (laughs) Drum roll, please. Okay, well... uh, I guess maybe I'll make a preliminary comment, and then I can find out during the talk if my Lenten uh, uh, ideas are, have any sort of value or validity. But, you know, being married, you're, you know, one of the things that you do, you're one of the your sacramental responsibilities is to help your spouse get to heaven. And we all know that penitential practices are kind of an opportunity, you know, help us get to heaven. So I'm thinking that in terms of this Lent, I am going to give my spouse opportunities for, you know, little mortifications or penitential <laughs> practices, you know, like leaving my socks on the floor or leaving the lid up or, you know, things like that or, you know, just kind of being a lout, you know. And, and, and then maybe after Easter, she'll even appreciate me even more as a as a human being and spouse. What do you think, Father? Well, um, <laughs> I'm Father Robert Keller. I'm from Holy Spirit, and tell us I, about yourself, Father, before you know, we get into this talk. <laughs> I well, I'm I'm in my sixth year as a priest. I'm my second year serving at Holy Spirit, and um, I'm from Harvey, North Dakota, Central North Dakota, the the High Plains, and and um, have a chance to come today and talk a little bit about the season of Lent. And I think it's meant to be more than your earlier example. Being a lout <laughs> is not. Uh, they're similar in length and word size, but Lent is something different. Um, Dang. Lent- <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I think the best word that describes the season of Lent is discipline. I think it's used in the new Roman Missal that we have now, our translation of the Mass, and 
Discipline is something that takes intensity and intentionality. You can't just sort of drift into discipline. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a commitment day in and day out. Lent is this 40-day season that begins on Ash Wednesday and ends. It's a little bit complicated in the history, but for the most part, as far as I could tell, Roman Catholics say that it ends on Holy Thursday with the beginning of the Triduum, the celebration of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday and Good Friday and Holy Saturday. Um, If you're counting on the calendar, you have to be careful because it's not exactly 40 days. And it turns out when I was doing a little bit of looking at the history of it, every Christian denomination in the country counts the 40 days differently. Really? They all have different reasons as to why it's 40 days long. But of course, 40 days is this biblical number. It's the number of days that Jesus goes out into the desert where he does battle with temptation. He does battle with the devil. He remains faithful to the Lord. And it's a profound encounter for him um, with his father as he prepares for his mission. So it's for that reason that Lent is 40 days, that because Jesus was in the desert 40 days? Because Jesus was in the desert for 40 days, there's lots of other traditions about 40 days, the 40 days and 40 nights of rain in the time of Noah. There's a tradition that Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days before he received the law and before God spoke to him. So it's a very biblical number, and maybe it's easy to remember or... For whatever reason, the Christians really grabbed on to this. Uh, Historically, it kind of comes out of the practice of preparing for baptism in the early church, preparing to receive sacraments. Easter was one of the times where people received sacraments, and there was a fast before you would be baptized. There was a fast that the catechumens and their catechists and the people leading them into the church would make together particularly as they got closer to Holy Week or the day of baptism, if it was outside of Holy Week. And that was the beginning of it. And then it starts being settled around about 1,700 years ago in the Council of Nicaea. And we've had it ever since. And I think Lent, in addition to being about discipline, is most particularly meant to be an invitation to encounter God that at the heart of the season of Lent is meant to be an encounter with God. We'll talk about prayer and fasting and almsgiving, the traditional practices in the season of Lent, but it's all gathered around. It's all meant to support this encounter with God that we grow into a deeper relationship with Him. Sometimes I've experienced a a struggle with my Lenten practices um, becoming more about me than about that because it's a struggle and then you know there's sort of a a turning into self you know i remember well i often you know i can go day after day without eating between meals but ash wednesday and good friday when it's a must (laughs) it's like it's it's a it's a real struggle um but father what do we do to to let that struggle, um, to help that struggle, turn our hearts to God? Oh, that's a good question. And uh, 
like I tell people in my Bible study quite often, I'm not an expert on very many things, so I can only guess. But I think part of it is that in Lent, we're sort of used to the idea of engaging in fasting. And fasting is about disciplining our body, turning away from our self-will, doing these practices, saying no to a good thing here and now, to be stretched for the kingdom of heaven and help strengthen us to say no in times of temptation. So it's extremely important. But it's only one of the three practices that are meant to be at the heart of Lent. And I think an important piece of Lent is not just fasting and choosing things to fast from, but looking for ways to grow in your relationship with the Lord. That there are some practices that maybe draw you a little bit more into yourself or you feel like you're white-knuckling it or it's Mm -hmm. kind of hard and that can be a challenge. That's true. And it's good for us. We need those kind of challenges. But that the season of Lent shouldn't be only fasting. The season of Lent should have a major spiritual component with it as well. That we're trying to grow in our relationship with God. And so the prayer piece of it or doing something spiritual um, is, is an important piece of the puzzle. You know, I'm, I'm going back to, the, you know, why 40 days? And it seems to me, you know, what you're saying here is the idea of, you know, Lent to, you know, help our relationship with God. It seems to me like you have to have something that's for an extended period of time in order to maybe develop it as a habit so that when Lent is over, there still is the lingering effect that continues on after Lent. It may not be fasting or penitential practices with the same intensity during Lent, but you still have the effect continuing on like a habit, if you will. Exactly. I think that you're on the right track, that the spiritual practices and this other end of it is meant to be something for the rest of our lives. Like, we might not fast in the same way when we get to the season of Easter. It's good to learn to feast as well. But we shouldn't just give up these parts of growing into our relationship with God because the season of Lent is over. And I think there's even some biology and people are starting to say that it takes several weeks to develop a new habit. It takes that kind of commitment, exactly like you're saying. And so doing it every day for 40 days or a month and a half for the six weeks of the season of Lent is a great place to start. And it's also a great gift to us that growing in a relationship with God is something that brings us to ourselves. It brings us joy. It can really change our lives as well. Um, And maybe that helps make up for a little bit of the challenge of the season of Lent. Go ahead. Well, (laughs) I was just thinking now of, you know, so many people give up chocolate for Lent. I'm thinking, well, maybe you should think of some other fasting opportunities as well, because usually when Lent is over and we're celebrating Easter, what does everybody get? Chocolate eggs. It's almost like, okay, now we get to binge on this stuff now that Lent is over. So maybe for those of you who are thinking of giving up chocolate for Lent, give up something else as well because uh, the lingering effect might not work for the chocolate. Well, the other thing, 
I, you know, as children, we give up, like you said, Jack, chocolate for Lent. And then it's like, if I don't give up chocolate for Lent, I feel like I'm not really participating in Lent. And then I buy chocolate eggs before Easter and I eat them and I feel guilty, but I didn't even give up chocolate for Lent. And it's this kind of this habitual thing that we have to get over in order to allow ourselves to grow during the season. Yeah, I think that this is definitely worth talking about because when we have the season of Lent, it's good to get creative with penances. One of the best ones that I ever did was setting a bedtime. That was terribly hard, and it took a crazy commitment. So there's a lot of thinking that can go into it, and I think we'll have the chance to talk about some more of them after our break. Yeah, yes, that's right. <laughs> Wonderful. Very good, Father. Yeah, it's good for a guest to actually lead into the break for us. So let's go with that. We're talking with Father Robert Keller, and we're just talking generally about Lent and fasting and things like that, and we'll be more. There will be more of it after this break. So stay with us, and we'll see you on the other side. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio listeners. Thank you for being with us. I'm Doreen Kennelly, and I'm here with my handsome and hilarious husband, Jack. And we are... Very, very honored to have with us Father Robert Keller, and he's in the studio, which is a double bonus to have a live person with us. And we are talking about 
um, next Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, which begins Lent, but it also happens to be my dear husband's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And we learned yesterday from one of our sons that it's also March 2nd is also Banana Cream Pie Day, National Banana Cream Pie Day, which happens to be Jack's favorite dessert. So now we have this dilemma. Do what a, what a wonderful him, event. <laughs> do I make him the banana cream pie on Ash Wednesday and serve it to him on his birthday? Or do we have banana cream pie the day before well, or day after? Bananas are not chocolate. They are not candy. <laughs> I did not give up. <laughs> They're not meat. Fruits are good for you. <laughs> That's right. All right. <laughs> but Father Keller is, we've been talking about fasting in particular, and Father is going to help us with some um, some ways in which we can fast that may or may not involve giving up chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I mentioned before the break, one of the greatest things or one of the toughest things that I did for the season of Lent as far as fasting was setting a bedtime. Um, because there were days where it was easy, and then there were days where you wanted to stay up later, you wanted to do something, and that was hard. And I think it's important to think about the purpose of fasting, that fasting isn't necessarily an end in itself. We don't fast because food is bad. We're fasting to say no to a bodily desire because a huge part of Christianity and morality requires that kind of self-mastery. And there's lots of different ways to fast. There's people that can fast because of medical conditions and because of different things. And it's a good way to get creative about it. Um, One of the best ones in the modern world that I think is great to commit to during the year, but especially in the season of Lent, is an electronic fast day. Choose a day for yourself or for your family that you shut off electronics, that you don't turn on televisions, you don't turn on cell phones, Maybe parents keep theirs on to be able to talk to each other briefly if it's needed. But to take a day away from electronics to say no to these distractions and noise in our lives in order to live with your family or maybe make it a special day of prayer. I know one family that does that every year for the season of Lent, and it's one of their favorite things they do together. And there's lots of other creative ways to fast. You could... Uh, Work on being early. If you're a person who's always late for things, the discipline of trying to be early is a huge commitment. You could do things like giving up your dishwasher and washing dishes by hand or your heated seats in your car if you have them. Um, You could choose to only shop on one day of the week and that on the other days of the week, you, you don't go shopping. And so it means organization and it takes a commitment There's those kind of things. And there's simple things, too, that other people don't see. Like if you want a really tough one for the season of Lent, switch the hand you use utensils in when you eat. Switch your fork to your other hand. Switch your knife to your other hand. It'll probably drive you crazy. And it's a good way of saying no to these own desires or eating food easily in order to do something that the Lord will see, a kind of commitment for him. Isn't that also an exercise for reducing anger, anger man. management? It's for, it, it, yeah, reducing psychi- anger. Psychiatrists using, recommend that. Yeah, using yeah. the other hand. The sure. non-dominant yeah. hand. Sure. That's I think, a great idea, Father. Well, you know, all these things, you. I think what's interesting about, you know, a lot of the things you mentioned is how well and easily we can do without them after a while. And an example I think of is when the kids were small and we gave up TV. And it, in after every Lent... It took about, 
what, maybe a week or so. It took a while before the kids got back into their regular pattern of, you know, watching television. Uh, and, and they, you know, they and got along better during the time that the TV was off, too, which seems like a strange um, benefit. But they got out games and played and were more creative. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of those things that, that are good for us, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in saying no to things. And, and maybe you do start to discover that the way we're living isn't the best. Mm-hmm. And then in that time, or whatever, the, all those suggestions are great things to give up. Um, but what you said before the break, which I really loved, was it doesn't end there. Then what do we, what do we replace with it? Exactly. And I think Lent has these three traditional practices, prayer and fasting and almsgiving. And we've spent some time with fasting and turning away from ourselves. But the heart of Lent is meant to be this encounter with God. In the scriptures, when Jesus goes out to the desert, he's following a pattern that's deeply written into the Bible, that the desert and this place where there aren't distractions was a place to be dedicated to God, was a place to encounter him. And this is meant to be the spiritual heart of Lent, that we grow in our relationship with God. And so I think something with prayer is essential as well. It can be committing to pray out loud with your family at home. It could be committing to read a book of the Bible. Um, It could be memorizing a psalm or another passage of the scriptures. Some people really like devotionals, and there's all kinds of great Lent devotionals, and they can follow it for 40 days. I struggle because I miss a day, and then I'm like, should I go back and do it, and do I do two, and then I miss two days, and it ends up being not so good. But you want to find ways that you can grow in this relationship with prayer. Lots of parishes do extra things in the season of Lent. It might be Bible studies, Stations of the Cross, coming to daily Mass more often if you're able to. Those kind of things are, are an important part of Lent because The Lord is waiting for us. As much as we're searching for him, he wants to find us, that we need to grow in a relationship with him, that he wants us to know more of his love. He wants us to grow into who we are. Um, He wants to share his goodness with us. And so in the season of Lent, those spiritual practices we shouldn't leave out, like yes, fast, yes, choose things to give up. But choose things to do and to fill your time and to fill your space with ways that you'll grow in your relationship with God and with other people. And, and that leads us to the almsgiving, um, the third mm-hmm. element that the church invites us into for Lent. So, Father, um, could you talk a little bit about how, how one can prepare themselves, to, um, you know, in these next few days to make a decision about how they're going to serve the poor during Lent. Because that's what almsgiving is, correct? Yeah, almsgiving is kind of about giving giving alms to other people, Mm -hmm. serving the poor. One could say that it works on our relationship with the material world Mm -hmm. and how we see the things of this world. And so service is a part of it. You know, not everyone can afford to give lots of money to different Mm -hmm. things, although it's a great idea to give to organizations that serve the poor. Um, But sometimes it's volunteering. There's all kinds of volunteer opportunities around parishes, in places, in homeless shelters. I know that there's always places looking for people and looking for help. That can be a great way to to serve the poor and to be a blessing to them. 
Um, it can be a great way to give of something that is yours um, in a way that you're able to. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you look at the, uh, the works of mercy, mm-hmm. you know, I was just thinking the other day since I work for a company that has hospitals and nursing homes, and I'm thinking, you know, if visit the sick. You know, make an extra effort if you have a friend or an acquaintance or a relative who's uh, hospitalized or even more long-term in a, in a nursing home. Make an opportunity, you know, take time to visit them. You know, I don't know, with COVID restrictions, maybe it would just be a phone call. But, you know, those people, I, I think most of them look forward to hearing from somebody and it would really be an uplift. Or write a real letter in your own handwriting. You know, there's something about... The beauty of a person's handwriting, it's, you know, it speaks of the, the person. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking of both of those. You know, one of the gifts in living in the modern world is the communication we have. We can video chat with people, even if we can't be there physically. Like, yes, that's the best. Writing a handwritten letter is a great gift. But we have so many ways to connect and to communicate. And just sharing our relationship with God with other people inviting someone over for a meal, preparing a meal, uh, those kind of things can be a really great way of entering into the spirit of almsgiving. In addition to actually giving money to a food bank or the St. Vincent de Paul Society or those kind of things. I think last year our daughter-in-law <clears throat> excuse me, found people that were um, homebound in their parish and, and she and their children visited them or brought them um, you know, baked goods or little artwork and that kind of thing during Lent, too. So it's a thing a family can do, not just an individual. It's interesting to think, you know, with all the various means of communication we have, how much loneliness is really out there Mm -hmm. in in, in this ocean of media. Exactly. And, And I think these are all things that we can do to enter into the spirit of Lent. It's this invitation from the Lord to grow in love of Him, It's a beautiful thing, kind of like a retreat. It's meant to be in the middle of our lives, in the middle of the spring. And through things like prayer and fasting and almsgiving, we have a chance to open our hearts to the grace of God in a beautiful way. In the next few days, we can spend it asking Him for those um, ideas and inspirations, too. We have a few seconds for a quick blessing, Father, if you would. Sure. The Lord be with you. And with with your your spirit. spirit. Lord our God, we lift up to you our hearts and ask that you would prepare us for the coming season of Lent, that you would draw near to us and draw us to yourself. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We've been talking with Father Robert Keller from the Diocese of Fargo, Holy Spirit Parish, about Lent. And stay with us. Up next was the early church Catholic. We'll dive into this topic next on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Stay with us.